Hi, I'm Stephen Barrow, and this is Bring the Energy, a podcast for you, the real you. The you that when you look in the mirror and stare in your eyes, knows that someone fierce is staring back at you. So let's go on this journey together. Let's dive right in. I got something good for you today. All right, my friends, good morning. I am super excited to be with you today. I have to say, I so I've been doing quite a few interviews this last week, and uh, it's really interesting given everything that's going on with COVID-19, the insights that I'm getting from these interviews and what I'm observing in the world around me. And just last night, this morning, I was, I had something on my mind that I just really wanted to share, and it's coming out of all these interviews, and it's a trend that I'm seeing. And I hope that I'm able to convey this in a way that's valuable to you, okay? And uh, let me just say, one of the interviews that I had this last week was with Dr. James Curl. He's an economist, and um, he uh, had some insight about the two million, or sorry, two trillion dollar package that was approved, that some have been calling a stimulus package for the economy. In his insight was he wanted to be clear that this is not a stimulus package. All right, the, the government does not want to stimulate the economy right now. What they want to do is to freeze the economy. If it was up to them, they would just stop everything as it is today, you know, put it all in cryogenics, just freeze it all. And then after COVID-19 passes, they can just pop it in the microwave, heat it up, and bam, we're off racing again. <laughs> that would be the government's perfect scenario. Is it just pause everything until the sickness passes, or at least until we can get a handle on it and and gain some traction on on controlling it or beating it or what have you? Okay, so uh, the right now the interest of government leaders is for the economy to essentially stop. They don't want people interacting. They don't want you know if they if they really wanted to stimulate the economy, then they would bring everyone back to work and you know let people gather and meet but they don't want that because that would spread COVID-19 faster so they're trying to freeze it right uh, so this kind of has this unique effect on everyone because it creates this period of waiting right nobody knows exactly when COVID-19 is going to stop spreading so quickly or how um, how long it's going to take for us to have you know a big enough population of people who are immune to COVID-19 or for us to have a reliable vaccine you know so it's like we're kind of waiting for that and there's different projections as to when that's going to be and there's different projections as to the impact of the economy and now here's where it gets down to you because possibly not possibly i'm i am sure you have been wondering uh, how this all impacts you you know regardless of your situation whether you're you're single or married or what have you working or not you're wondering what does this mean and how long are we going to be in isolation? How long are we going to be, going to be waiting? All right. So it, with that spirit and intent, I want to share something that has meant a lot to my family and, and it has to do with a Dr. Seuss book, right? There's, there's a book. It's fabulous. It's called, Oh, the places you'll go. And I love that book. Both Katie and I love it so much that we've, we've bought a copy for each of our children. And it's, there's a tradition that we do at the end of every school year. We give this copy of the book to their teacher 
to sign it. Kind of like you did, used to do with a yearbook, you know, where like everyone says, have, have a great summer or whatever. Well, we give it to their teacher and they write, you know, th their note and their well wishes. And so the idea is that when they turn 18, not, not 18 or whatever, however old you are when you graduate high school and you go on to college, you know, you'll have this book that you can look at as like a memory book with all the great people who have influenced your life. And, and then obviously the message of this book is inspiring and it's meant to lift your vision about who you are and what you can accomplish. Okay, so if you haven't read the book, I highly recommend it. It's a children's book. It's a short read, you know, uh, but it's fabulous. And it talks about, you know, like there's the main character doesn't have, it's not like there's a specific name for the main character, but you, you kind of see how they progress through the book. And it's like they're starting their journey and they're all excited and they have great momentum and they have all the right tools to succeed. And then there's a spot in the book where that momentum shifts and they encounter a hardship. Okay, so I cannot reproduce the power of you know Dr. Seuss's words here. So um, I hope you don't mind. I'm, I'm going to read some selections from this book. So keep in mind, up until this point, the main character has had tremendous momentum moving in the direction that they are wanting to go. Uh, but then they stop. So this is what they say, quote, <clears throat> except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say so, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You'll get all hung up in a prickly perch and your gang will fly on. You'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump and the chances are then that you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. You'll come to a place where the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly they're darked. A place you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? And if you go in, should you turn left or right? Or right in three quarters or maybe not quite? Or, or go around back and sneak in from behind? Simple, it's not, I'm afraid you will find, for a mind maker upper to make up his mind. You'll get so confused that you'll start into race down long wiggled roads at a breaknecking pace and grind on for miles across weirdish wild space headed, I fear, toward a most useless place, the waiting place. For people just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, waiting around for a yes or a no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting, waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for a Friday night or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig of curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. No, that's not for you. Somehow you'll escape. All that waiting and staying, you'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. With banner flip-flapping, once more you'll ride high, ready for anything under the sky, ready because you're that kind of guy.
Close quote. Well, like I said, I can't make up the power behind you know these Dr. Seuss words. There's a reason why this is a, a tradition in our family. Uh, well, so in the last week, uh, I've had the opportunity to interview some really wonderful people. Uh, and between those interviews and some information that I've been you know reading from really good sources and peer-reviewed journals, I can see that this concept of a waiting place that Dr. Seuss so eloquently painted uh, is really becoming a norm right now due to COVID-19 and uh, everyone being essentially on lockdown. Now, you know, let me give some examples. So, um, for example, engineering students that are in college, and this isn't specific to engineering, but I'm gonna give it from an engineer's perspective which is the internship between your junior and senior year is probably the most important internship you can get. It, it, you know, Because you get to the end of that internship and if you've done a good job, typically they give you an offer to come back full time after you've you know, gone back to school and finished your senior year. And so there's you know, this momentum that really builds that summer. Uh, you've taken all of this you know, core curriculum at school and you're applying it to your job and then it leads to this future employment. And so if you, if you miss out on that, then ugh, you're really kind of fighting an uphill battle. Not impossible, but um, you know, definitely a lot harder. And so there were a lot of students that had jobs lined up for the summer, summer internships, with reputable companies, and they were just pumped up and excited because they knew this was gonna be an opportunity to continue their growth in that momentum. And a lot of those opportunities have been uh, reneged, right? So those off offers were extended sometime between like September and November for the most part. And, um, and so they were going to finish out their year and start probably April, May. Well, in March, a lot of these companies have started reaching out to them and, and said, you know, sorry, we just, everything's on lockdown. So um, we can't, we're kind of waiting. Oh, so you have a whole pool of people who are waiting that are students. Um, another example, this is coming from the association uh, of American Medical Colleges, um, and so this is that's the organization that distributes the MCAT. They reported, uh, and you know, since in the period between 2015 2017, about 186,000 people took the MCAT, and so you know, do the math. That's roughly 80,000 per year. Well, the MCAT was canceled for this year, so that means you know, good guess of about 80,000 people who were anticipating taking the MCAT with the hopes of getting into medical school this fall now do not have the opportunity to take it. Ugh. I mean, wow, 80,000 people, and that's just this one example. The same holds true for other acceptance exams. I mean, just look it up. I mean, think about like the DAT or the just, I don't know, whatever program you're trying to get into that depends on a standardized test that's offered you know a few times of the year and that's been canceled, right? So your life's on hold. Um, or think about just you know families with kids that are in school, right? Like you, um, you have a rhythm to your life and you kind of rely on the kids leaving the house for eight hours a day, you know, if your kids are in public schools or something, um, and, and they get educated and they come home and at the end of the day and that's kind of your rhythm. Well, uh, you know, school's canceled. And, um, and, and boy, I mean, that, that could, that's a really big impact, especially, might I add, for seniors, right? So even if COVID-19 uh, kind of runs its course and and we're able to start college, you know, let's say this fall. Well, if you haven't been doing something really active since March, 
you know, you're talking about six months of just downtime and say, woohoo, six months of summer, this is great. Uh, but no, that you can you can read a myriad of studies that shows that um, you need to your brain needs to be regularly challenged and you need to be regularly engaged in this education process. Um, and if you take yourself out of that for six months, man, you are really not set up to start college, you know, as a freshman. And I gotta say, college is far more rigorous than high school. And so, um, you know, some statistics that come from the National Center of Education. Um, you know, there's 56.6 million students that are currently going pre-K through 12. Um, and let's see, about like 3.7 million are expected to graduate this year, right? So that's 3.7 million people who are potentially planning on going to college in the fall, you know, who are graduating and might be at risk to just fall into this slump because they, they don't know what to do for six months. And so they kind of default to uh, just whatever is available and, and maybe just binge watch Netflix or something or keep recording TikTok videos all summer. Um, and if that's what you do, then boy, there's going to be, you know, pert near 4 million kids that are just not set up to start college in, in the fall. Uh, so my question is this, what are you going to do about it? Are you a helpless victim or are you an indispensable linchpin? So if you are a parent and your kids fall into this category, you know, of these statistics by the National Center of Education, uh, it's it's on your heads, right? It's on your head to pivot quickly so your kids don't suffer, right? So that your college-bound student is is ready, or you know whether your your child is one of the 1.4 million that are in pre-K, so that they're they're emotionally ready to go into kindergarten next year, or you know the 35.5 million that are pre-K through eight that still largely rely on the influence of their home to set the pace for their education, right? They're largely not autonomous people yet. They, um, you know, they really rely on the schedule that the parents set to kind of keep them moving. So um, that's one thought, right? Don't, if you're a parent, don't get stuck in this waiting place. Um, many people are defaulting to play the part of a victim. They say that because of their changing circumstances, they can't do anything about it. But when it really comes down to the choice, and if you're really honest with yourself, is it because you can't or because you won't? Because I promise you, the linchpins of the world haven't skipped a beat, right? They, they pivoted, they figured this out, or at least they're trying to, and you can see them, they're moving and grooving. Um, and, and I really, I wanna, I, I'll, get, I'll get to this, which is like, again, part of my interviews in the last week, I, w I found examples of these linchpins that are just pivoting. Yeah, and some of those are, you know, I, I chatted with a banker and I wanted to understand how COVID-19 and this whole situation is impacting uh, the whole banking world. And so this banker has a career as a mortgage broker, a specific type of mortgage, and you know, that's his aspiration to get good at that craft. Well, um, his particular bank and lots of banks, by the way, are not touching new, they're not generating any new loans in the mortgage space right now. Uh, I'm sure some are, right? But, um, you know, there's a good there's a good chunk of them that aren't. And so rather than just sitting and waiting and saying, well, hey, woe is me, I guess my career's on pause, um, he just pivoted and said, well, what else can I do? And and so now he repurposed himself to be um, you know, a loan administrator for SBA loans. That's you know a special type of loan that's part of this $2 trillion um, package to help um, essentially small business owners 
uh, stay afloat or stay open or keep payroll. You know, and, and you can look more at what an SBA loan is. But you know, that's an example of this person who said, "I'm not waiting. I'm just going to repurpose myself and figure out how I can still be valuable and and be good at my craft." Another example. So uh, I talked to a flower shop owner in Denver. Um, you know, small business owner. They typically get flowers from lots of different places in the world. Well, their whole. Well, I, I mean, you know, the other retail shop. Uh, but their wholesaler that they deal with there locally gets flowers from, you know, California or Italy. Well, you can't get flowers from California anymore because all shipments are are stopped out of California, um, and, and you can't import anything from Italy right now because of you know the dire circumstances of Italy. So what do they do? Of all places, they pivoted. They found their source. They they import flowers from South America, and so if you're in the Denver area. And you're buying flowers. Odds are your flowers are coming from South America. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You can get flowers from South America, but not from California. That's an awesome example of a linchpin. Um, okay, well, a good friend who's a mother uh, has young kids and uh, is used to the rhythm that that they have their kids engaged in. You know, it that rhythm gives them the expectation that a small portion of their day they can uh, focus on themselves because their kids are you know in school or some kind of activity. All those activities are gone. What does this mother do? She organizes an online music class for, um, you know, kids. And so our, our kids signed up for it. And it's like once a week, maybe a couple times a week, you hop on a Zoom meeting and uh, you, have, you have a class. So she just pivoted quickly. So she's able to offer this service to other people. And, um, you know, she's able to grow. She's, you know, it's a small business, right? She's, in, she's getting income from it. And at, for us as parents, it gives us one thing that our kids are engaged in, and um, it also gives us, you know, like 45 minutes where our kids are engaged and, you know, we can kind of rest. <laughs> and so um, that's amazing. That's wonderful. Awesome example of a linchpin. And so, you know, here's my call to action. One is launch. Figure out, figure out what your art is, what your craft is, and launch it. Or if you already have your art or your craft, and when I say art, by the way, I don't necessarily mean uh, like classically what we think of as art, like painting or something like that. Like art has been defined as uh, you know, something that changes the world or something that changes the individual. Okay, so whatever you're about, like even if it's statistics or engineering, something as very dry as that, right? There's art in that, and and really art has everything to do with the intention and the feeling, right? And so whether you're an engineer or you're, you're a musician or you're a parent or you're, you know, a would-be doctor or, or a banker or whatever it is that you do and you're passionate about, you know, figure out what that thing is and find a way to launch anyways, even with everything that's going on with COVID-19. So that's my, that's challenge number one. That's the call to action is to launch. Uh, call to action number two, if you don't know what your art is yet, figure it out. Spend some time, invest that time in yourself to really get crystal clear about what you're about and what you wanna do, okay? Uh, like there, there is no shortage of cheap entertainment and so I, I implore you to cut out the, the really crummy media and the cheap entertainment long enough for you to ponder. Right? And maybe that's to go on a hike, to put your cell phone down and disconnect and, and go out on a hike, clear your mind. 
And if, if yeah, I, I promise you that when you do that, like you'll you'll begin to get clarity. You'll begin to see and feel what it is that you want to be about. Because maybe it's something that you've like always wanted to do, but you've been so busy, right? I, that excuse has been so prevalent until now, right? Nobody's busy. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. I like I said, nobody's busy with superfluous stuff. Um, so if you need some tips on getting um, clarity or if you just need help with it, then I'm always happy to chat. You know, re reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, Stephen Barrow or stephen.barrow at patronusenergy.com uh, or really I'm on uh, Instagram or um, however you want to get a hold of me. Just just seek me out. This is why I do this. And um, like I said, the reason why I make these productions is I want to share a little bit about myself and my ideas and what I'm seeing and observing but it's ultimately because I, I love and care about you, all right? So ultimately, um, you know, it bears repeating that when it really comes down to the choice, and again, if we are honest with ourselves about how we are handling our time and really our art and our greatest passion, even through this great challenge, the one that's presented by COVID-19, um, you know, in, in that, you know, the great lie is kind of creeping into our mind about like, no, you can't, no, you have to wait. You need to go to that waiting place. Um, you know, if you're really honest with yourself, is it because you can't or is it because you won't? 